Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Yes, we did just play Stevie Wonder in church. <laughs> Sign, seal, delivered, I'm yours. Apart from one or two words, it's actually a song of reconciliation. But anyway, um, in the middle of a music lesson, right in the middle of a music lesson in my year 10 year, which was called the fourth form back then, um, I suddenly realized there were only so many black notes and white notes on my teacher's piano, and yet all the melodies that had ever been written had come from a combination of these notes. And when I blurted out my newly discovered epiphany, she said something that really blew my mind. She said, yes, And the possible tunes from these in the future are endless. It's a well that will never run dry. And man, I've thought about that over the years as, as, you know, number one hit rolls out after another number one hit. And I've thought, man, true to her prophetic words, uh, the well has never run dry from those Same white notes and black notes, and the combination of them, we still are creating new melodies, new songs today. And one of the things I really love to do is, one of my favorite things, is to sort of lie in the dark on the carpet and listen to perhaps a new CD, a new worship song, or a new worship CD, and to really take in the melody and the words and listen to each instrument. And uh, and I think then, God, you're still gifting people to be creative. And I think there's a few creatives here this morning. And Mrs. Garner, my music teacher, was right. It is a bottomless pit of creativity. Colossians 1 verse 16 says, For in him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth. Visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. This is the creative God we can know, and we're privileged to serve. You know, as I was preparing this uh, series in the book of Colossians, a word leapt off the page for me, and that word was delivered. From there, I thought of how we have been signed in the blood of Jesus, signed for in the blood, sealed by the Holy Spirit, and delivered from the domain of darkness. So, hence the song at the beginning signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. <laughs> But let's just do a little background on Colossians because we're going to be in there for a, a few weeks. So just a little bit of a background to the, to the letter. 
by Paul to the Colossians in a city called Colossae. And it's an encouragement to the Christians there. And at that time, it was a, a, an important trading city. It was located at the entrance to the Lycus Valley on a major east-west trade route. It was approximately 100 miles from Ephesus on the coast, on what we know as um, now Turkey. And it was a prosperous, vibrant kind of a place. It was a happening city with a long history dating back more than 500 years. And its main trade was, was actually dyed linen and other textiles. Manufacturing place. And although it was known for its pagan worship, many Jews had moved there, giving it an interesting mix of culture and faith. And the church that many believe Paul had personally planted was a mix of believers from a very strict kind of Jewish background and pagans from an idol-worshipping background. So it's into this diverse uh, situation that the letter was written. That's just a little bit of background. You know, false teachers were, were just threatening the pure truth of the gospel. So when Epaphras visited Paul in prison, Paul wasted no time in sending a timely letter in response to some real concerns that were brought to his attention. So Paul's purpose in writing was fourfold, if you're taking notes. The first thing Paul wanted to do in this whole letter was he wanted to warn the Colossians against a relapse of their, into their former state with all its soul-destroying issues and vices. That's in Colossians 1.21. Number two, he wanted to direct them back to worshipping the one who was the very image of the invisible God. That's chapter 1, 13 to 18. Number three, his purpose in this letter was to encourage respect for their faithful minister, Epaphras, who was faithful in prayer and, and in his concern for them as believers. That's Colossians 1, verse 7. And finally, verse the first, fourth uh, motive behind the letter was to drive home the virtue of forgiveness and reconciliation. You know, with these mixed backgrounds of, of believers coming together, you know, things would arise. And so Paul gives them these, these really great tips for forgiveness and reconciliation in chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, which we, we're going to get to in, in a little while. So can you see, can you see a parallel to the church today? I think so. The four things, warning against a relapse back into the old life, worship of the one who's invisible, but he's the very image of the invisible. Number three, to encourage the faithfulness of their minister, and fourthly, to drive home 
the virtue of forgiveness and reconciliation. So these, these are really still around today, aren't they? These, these four things are still needed in our church too. You know, Paul was right on the money for that time, but for all time, I believe. You know, the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to write like a blueprint for church life for all generations to come. And that's why I'm excited to unwrap this word for HBC in June 19. Who's excited? <laughs> so let's today look at the word delivered. So today's word is delivered, Colossians 1.13. And if you've got your Bibles there, all uh, your iPads, let's look at um, Colossians 1. And we're going to read verses 10 to 14. And skip the first nine verses, but we're going to get back to those. So, so that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of light, for he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I'll read verse 15. And he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Some versions say rescued. Mine says delivered. Okay. Hey, we can't really be thankful to God for saving us unless we know what we've been delivered from. Amen. What we've been delivered from, we won't we don't want to go there. And so what we've been rescued from is, is very important in terms of being delivered out of that. Jesus not only gives us the why, he is the why. It's like he knew, you know, about employing millennials. <laughs> A year ago, I had four millennials working for me, and they're great, but they always want to know why we're doing things. <laughs> And anyway, that's cool. I'm down to one. Um, <laughs> but the millennials want to know why we're doing it. And that's what Jesus gives us. He is the why. He is the why. In order to be truly saved, we need to be delivered from the domain of darkness, which, as we've said over the last few weeks, can be a process. It's not overnight. We are being delivered from the domain of darkness, and we need to be transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son, verse 13. And so it's got two parts to it, delivered and transferred. So it's a, a leaving and a cleaving. We've got to leave the old life and hang on, cleave to the new one. We need to want to leave the old life behind, and we need to fix our eyes on the destination. You know, many people are keen for change. You know, oh, my life's, you know, yuck. But they just aren't sure that they want to grab on to the new life. 
Amen. When I was in India, we went around lots of villages preaching the gospel. Every night we'd pray up, go out in a little trekker, diesel fumes all coming in the back. <laughs> we'd get to the village, set up. It was A lot of it was in Telugu, the lo- local language, but we'd sort of, whatever we said got translated. It was going great this night. It was awesome. We had people coming forward, getting prayed, healed, delivered, all this. And um, finally, and suddenly, the leader said, in the truck, we're going. I'm like, hey, there's still a queue. <laughs> but that was me just being, you know, sort of like wanting to question it <laughs> and ask why. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we were in that truck, we were down the road, and she said, they only wanted the miracles, they didn't want Jesus. You see, we can add Jesus to the list, like those people in India, they had like three million gods already, and yeah, we'll have Jesus, but they didn't want to say no to the domain of darkness. They didn't want to say no to all the others. That's why when we, when we baptize people, we say, do you, do you love Jesus? Yes. Do you, you know, want to live for him? Yes. Do you denounce the domain of darkness? Because we've got to reject all the other gods to serve the one true God. Amen. All right. One day, I actually had one of my youth boys out helping fencing. And I needed to cross a drain. And I quickly assessed the width, took a running jump, and yes, you guessed it, I fell short. (laughs) Um, Up to my waist in water, all I could hear was raucous laughing. Uh, He thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I was glad that someone thought it was funny. But I had taken my eyes off the goal, and I had paid the price. You see, the key to drain jumping is to fix your eyes on the opposite bank. (laughs) In fact, they've even made a sport out of this in the Netherlands. It's called Fieljeppen. I'm not sure if I said that right. Fieljeppen. But it's, it's come out of necessity originally, and now it's become a sport. You actually run up with a pole, plonk it in the water, about the middle of the stream, and, uh, and over you go. And you know what? I got to do it. Yeah. We went to visit our Dutch, Dutch daughter, or the girl who stayed with us for 11 months, and uh, she had uh, a stick that had been in the family for about 30 years. They gave me like a two-minute lesson, and I broke it. (laughs) I broke their family favorite stick. (laughs) I obviously had the wrong technique. Some years later, Aaron and Amy visit the same family, and he breaks or sprains his ankle (laughs) doing it, hobbled all around London afterwards. So, yeah, there's actually quite a technique in drain jumping or Anyway, despite his mocking spirit, that young man is now the, hunt, uh, the Baptist pastor in Omuru. But my dad said to me once, um, when I was learning to drive, look where you're going. Don't go where you're looking. 
was good advice. You know, I've, I've lost um, sight of the, of the goal, you know, when I've taken my eyes off Jesus and I've fallen short time and time again. You know, I've, I've lost sight of the goal so many times. But I've allowed distractions to take my eyes off Jesus. But not, and I've been delivered, but not yet transferred to the kingdom of the Son of the living God. You know, he's the incredibly creative, amazing, transforming, powerful, loving God who sent his son to die as me. And I think that's amazing. And that's why we began today with, with the goal, this creativity, the creative God. That's the goal, to be like him, to be with him. Maybe you're looking down at the gap and not the goal. Maybe you're looking at the problems and not the solution. We can all be so consumed with the distance, we've got to jump, that we lose sight of the one doing the transferring. You know, Aaron and I didn't quite get the technique. We didn't get over the whole drain thing. But we need to look to the one who can do it for us. Amen. And that's why, that's why I began this message with the prize. See, unless we're focused on the prize of knowing and becoming like this creative, all-powerful, incredible Savior Jesus, you know, we are, we are going to fall short. According to verse 15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. And I just want to take a moment out of this sort of, um, you know, thing of crossing over, just to explain that. You know, the firstborn, when, when Paul says the firstborn, that's not a timing thing like being the oldest in the family. Because Jesus has always been. He wasn't born. He's just always been. It's a title of preeminence. He's just the first. And it really relates to first fruits, first, you know, born, first tithe. It's like, you see, the rest of the tithe is redeemed by the first bit. And uh, we need to get a handle on this preeminence of Jesus. He is the firstborn as in terms of authority and priority and preeminence. Because he is the first and foremost in everything. Because he didn't, he, he was not born. He is just the first. And he, the clean one, redeemed the unclean. That's us. Okay? The first tithe redeems everything else that we're allowed to keep. And Paul establishes this as the why because he knew how easily we forget to put him first. Some of us, I'm sure, live under the mantra, well, why pray when we can worry? That was a joke. <laughs> you see, it takes faith to leap. It takes faith to do the leap, and it takes faith to stay on the other side, on the other bank. You see, it comes down to faith. So we can be delivered or rescued, but not yet transferred. 
into the kingdom of God. I've got to say that that's maybe the worst state ever to be in. Being in limbo land is the most dangerous and frustrating place. We know we need saving, but we can't make that leap. Or we've made the leap and taken our eyes off the goal. Either way, we're not yet transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son. Many years ago, Jenny and I were out on outreach as part of our Bible college course, and we went to Queen Street most Friday nights, and we'd pray in an upper room for an hour, and then we'd hit the streets. Poor old Queen Street got hammered by all these fired-up Christians looking for someone sitting alone. (laughs) And... um, I shouldn't put it like that because actually it was God-appointed moments and we had some real amazing talks with people. We weren't Bible bashing. We were just getting alongside those who were willing to talk and we, were, we had to be willing to listen. There's some real hurts out there. And I spoke to one guy on the steps where the ferry leaves for probably an hour and a half and he just could not make the leap. He would get close to it and we'd talk about everything and it all made sense to him, but he could not make the leap. And sadly, we had to part company with me blessing him, but he could not make the leap of faith to ask Jesus into his life. You know, um, I used to use the bridge analogy, you know, that we, we, we can see the bridge... It looks okay, but we don't really know if it'll carry our weight. But you'll never know till you take a step. You know, and I told this young man, there's a bridge. You can walk all around and assess it, but you need to take a step of faith. Yeah, and he wants to, um, he's actually at the other side of the bridge with outstretched arms waiting and, you know, he's, he's standing there and he loves us too much to leave us. He loves us as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us as we are. He wants to clean us up and transfer us into an agent of hope, creativity, and power. That's Jesus' end goal, just to transfer us into an agent of change. He wants us to bear fruit in every good work, to please him in all respects, and to fill us with wisdom, understanding, and spiritual power. Colossians 1, 10 and 11. So in everyday language, that means he wants us to live better, more productive lives. He wants our family, our finances, our relationships our work to all reflect kingdom values and our love for him to be obvious and contagious. So just to wrap this up, don't look back. There's nothing new back there. Don't look down. You'll fall short of the goal. Look into the face of the one who's already bridged the gap. Amen pray yes father we just thank you for being the bridge for coming 
at an appointed time to be our rescuer, our redeemer. You delivered us from that old life if we're willing to take a leap of faith. And Father, you're standing there, arms out wide, waiting to transfer us into your kingdom. Father, we just thank you and praise you for this wonderful gift of salvation. Holy Spirit, thank you for the work you're doing in and through us. Lord, we look at one another and we see you in others. We see what you're doing in each life and it's good. But Lord, we just want to keep our eyes on you and make you first and know that as we do, the first fruit, the first thing we, we honour, you will honour the rest and give back those things that you want us to, to display and the fruit you want us to show to others, the love, the kindness, the fruit of your spirit into this hurting, dying world. So God, help this, this week, for us this week to be your light, to be that agent of hope to those who need it. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.